In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Two weeks into a new church year, and my ears are already ringing with the piercing voice of the prophets. This past Sunday alone, Malachi, Isaiah, John the Baptist, a refiner's fire, mountains shaking to their foundations, the axe held steady at the root. My ears are ringing, so pardon me if I take a moment's comfort in these more gladder sounds from the prophet Isaiah. These words that could just as easily be whispered in the ear as shouted from the mountaintop. Pardon me if I get in touch with my inner bride. Rejoiced over by a bridegroom God. And besides, you have to admit it, I look pretty good in white. We do well to take a moment's comfort this morning because from what I can tell, this land called forsaken and desolate has seemed to be a land we've all been living in for quite some time now. The whole world seems to be living in a land forsaken and desolate and even the cold gray air and barren trees this morning seem to be taking part. We do well to take a moment's comfort to remember that even a land laid waste can be restored by the tender goodness of the same God who made me with all creatures, who gives us the reason and all senses to apprehend God at work in all creation. Isaiah saw it. His lips are still singed with the shrouded mystery of it. And perhaps that's the reason why prophets are often better at shouting than whispering, their mouths tinged with the burning, fiery, awe-filled mystery of God. It certainly seemed to be the case with John the Baptist too. Remember, he nearly shot out of his mother's womb to hear the voice of the mother of God So perhaps we should be pardoning them, their life in the wilderness, their insect dinners and animal skin wardrobes, because once you've been to Apocalypse Now, you ain't ever coming back. Of course, Isaiah's call seems like child's play compared to the Baptist's. John knew from that first moment in his mother's womb that his calling was to be the consummation of all the prophets' callings. He was to be the prophet of the prophet's prophet. No wonder he has such small tolerance for things like hypocrisy and disparity and extortion and greed bear fruit in keeping with repentance, he rails over and over again. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, he whispers. No wonder, too, that the crowd in Luke is nearly speechless, except for one question. What then should we do? 
they ask, because hearing prophets ain't no spectator sport, not for John, not for Isaiah either. Isaiah had his own way of answering the question, one that I believe John could easily have agreed with. You who remind the Lord, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in all the earth. The prophet's call calls us to action, to work. And so we're left with the same question. What then shall we do? The prophet's answer, whether it's Isaiah or John the Baptist, can't help remind, but remind me of an old story of Martin Luther, one that theologically really isn't far from his explanation to the first article of the Creed, an old legend where he was once met by a shoemaker. Now, bear in mind that I checked this story with Dr. Kolb, and he was unaware of it, which undoubtedly makes it untrue. <laughs> but I tell it nonetheless. The shoemaker had recently become a Christian and filled with enthusiasm, the shoemaker came up to Luther and asked, what should I do? What should I do now that I'm a Christian instead of being just a shoemaker? Martin Luther looked him straight in the eye. Do you make good shoes? He asked. Oh yes, said the shoemaker. Some say I am the very best. Well then, Luther said, make shoes to the glory of God. As strange as it sounds, the call to be a shoemaker really isn't that far off from the call to be a prophet. It's one of the ways we bear fruit in keeping with repentance. It's how we take part in the restorative goodness of God in creation. We're all shoemakers in our own way, whether it's teaching theology or cleaning floors, whether it's raising a child or studying hard. We're all shoemakers, and we are all given this one day, today, to do what this day is given to us to do. All to the glory of God. And it just might happen that as we're doing it, we become a prophet to some of the other shoemakers around us, showing forth the grace and love of a comforting God in the flesh and blood life of the prophet's prophet, Jesus, inviting them to join us in the soon-to-come silent night of the Christ child's birth. All us shoemaker prophets taking a moment's comfort before the work begins anew. All to the glory of God. Amen.